0: The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International.
1: Some people think heaven is going to be boring, uh, floating around on the cloud, plucking the harp, or in my case, playing my accordion. I don't know. Or that may be hell. I don't know what that is for some people. But, you know, they think it's going to be boring, or they think it's going to be one unending church service. Does that get anybody excited? (laughs) Come on, be honest. Nobody gets
0: excited about that. Pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas, Dr. Robert Jeffress, answers the most frequently asked questions about Heaven, next.
2: This is a joy. Thank you. Hey, we appreciate it. It's great to be with all of you. And thank you for giving us this opportunity. It really is a privilege that you grant us this time with you. Uh, Betty and I are welcoming you to life today and we welcome Dr. Robert Jeffers back with us first Baptist Dallas. I have got so many memories of that church, you know. You know, I'm I'm 74 and uh, you know, it's uh, I started preaching there when I was 23. And Doctor Jeffers was—he'll tell you—he was like twelve or so. But he, he was listening. I was trying to sow good seeds, and evidently he thought I did. But the memories of the church—I want to just say to all of you at First Baptist, thanks for praying for this country. Thanks for praying for the church. Thanks for praying for people all over the world and being an example. Thanks for being an encouragement to me. And to Betty and to our family. Doctor Jeffers has written a book, and obviously this book, everything he writes, is just it's really remarkable. Since Betty and I have one of our children uh, in heaven, a place called Heaven? Uh, you think we don't have an interest in knowing about it? Would you welcome Doctor Jeffers as he shares with us with Thank you. Thank you so much. much. It's, it's good to have you. Great to be with you. You know, uh, Why'd you write the book? I mean, you write—you seem to write out of conviction, yeah. and you seem to be literally led to do what you do. Why? Wow. Well, well two right. reasons,
1: James and Betty. First of all, to encourage people. You know, as this world becomes more and more engulfed in political chaos and international conflict, heartbreak like you all have suffered, the hope of heaven grows that much more intense for us, and so I want this to encourage people that there really is a better place Jesus is preparing for us right now. But also, I wrote it to inform people. You know, most Christians are very ignorant about heaven; they only know what they've seen in movies and TV programs that Hollywood <laughs> has put out, or some fantastical book. And so, in this book, what I do is I answer ten of the most frequently asked questions about heaven. People have asked me over the last forty years, and you know, I have to say a. A lot of people say well aren't you afraid of being so heavenly minded that you'll be no earthly good <laughs> I've never found a Christian who thinks too much about heaven <laughs> the problem is we think too little about it mm-hmm. and I think there's some really productive reasons that every Christian ought to think about heaven uh, first of all thinking about heaven reminds us of the brevity of our life here on earth uh, Moses said count uh, uh, count your days remember how few they are number them and so we need to remember how brief our time here on life er, on earth is secondly thinking about heaven prepares us for the judgment we'll face as Christians you know a lot of Christians think well I'm a Christian I never face God's judgment mm-hmm. that's not true uh, we have a different kind of judgment than non-christians but the Bible Bible says we as Christians will appear before the judgment seat of Christ for an evaluation of our lives. Thinking about heaven reminds us of that. Third, you know, thinking about heaven motivates us to live a pure life while here on earth. Second Peter three says seeing all these things are going to happen. What sort of people ought we to be in holy conduct and godliness? You know, all day today I've been wearing this suit and I'm so afraid I was going to get it dirty or get a (laughs) barbecue stain on it like we had at supper tonight or something because I knew those HD TV cameras were going to pick up everything that was on this suit. Well, I wanted to stay clean for the time of judgment that I was going to come under here tonight. Well, in the same way, knowing that we're going to stand before the judgment of God in heaven ought to motivate us to live pure lives. But the final and most important reason I think we ought to talk about and think about heaven is because it, Puts our present suffering in perspective when we remember heaven. You know, Paul had an interesting word in 2 Corinthians 4. He said, This light, momentary affliction we suffer is nothing compared to the eternal weight of glory that awaits us. He said, Light afflictions. Think about Paul. He was beaten three (laughs) times within an inch of his life. He was shipwrecked. He was stoned and so forth. He said, that's light compared to heaven and the weight of heaven. And he said, it's momentary when you compare it to eternity. Some of our listeners right now and viewers are probably think, my suffering, it's just endless. It is endless. It's momentary when you think about the eternality of heaven. You know, somebody once said, From the perspective of heaven, once we get to heaven, we'll see that our worst suffering on earth was no more than a one night stay in a bad motel. And I think that's exactly what Paul is saying. And so I wrote this book about heaven to encourage people that God really has something better
2: for us. When you think about heaven, I know you covered in, in detail though. What do, you, what do you think of, are some of the greatest joys and surprises maybe somebody's going to have when they get to heaven? What do you think is going to happen?
1: I think there's so many surprises. And let's face it, God doesn't tell us everything about heaven. I think if we knew what really awaited us, there'd be mass suicides of Christians everywhere trying to get there. So some things are kept back from us. But you know, I have found, and I talk about this in the book, A Place Called Heaven, some of the myths or misunderstandings people have about heaven. Some people think heaven is going to be boring, uh, floating around on the cloud, plucking the harp, or in my case, playing my accordion, I don't know, or that may be hell, I don't know what that is for some people, but you know, they think it's going to be boring, or they think it's going to be one unending church service. Does that get anybody excited? (laughs) Come on, be honest. Nobody gets excited about that. We're going to talk in the next broadcast about what we're actually going to be doing in heaven. So I think people have that myth. I think they also have the myth that heaven's going to be the same for everybody. It's not. Uh, The Bible says there are rewards in heaven, and our rewards are based on our works as Christians. You know, good works do absolutely nothing to secure your place in heaven, but they have everything to do with the kind of heaven we experience. But I think that perhaps the greatest misunderstanding people have about heaven is that when we die, we become somebody else in heaven. No, it's not somebody else who's going to be in heaven. It is we who are going to be in heaven. You know, and I don't mean to delve into this but you brought it up I think about Robin you know it's been I guess what about five years since God Mm -hmm. called her to heaven you know that daughter of yours that you are going to see one day it's going to be Robin you see it's not somebody else she's going to have her same name did you know we retain our names in heaven you say, how do you know that, Pastor? Well, when Moses and Elijah came back from heaven on the Mount of Transfiguration, it was Moses and <laughs> Elijah. That was their name. <laughs> now, God may give us an additional name, but we retain our original names. We have the same interest and personalities that we do here on earth. We don't become somebody else. We have that same personality, the gifts and interests, which, by the way, may aid us in our new job that we have in heaven. And We even are going to be recognizable in heaven. I think there are going to be things about your daughter, things about my mom and dad physically that I recognize. You say, where do you get that in the Bible? Well, Jesus, his body was a prototype of our bodies, the Bible says. He was the firstborn of the dead. He was the prototype, the Greek word says, of our bodies. And when Jesus' disciples saw him, they recognized him. Not immediately, because they didn't expect to see him again, (laughs) but they eventually recognized him. And I think that means we're going to know one another in heaven as well. So those are just some of the misunderstandings I try to clear
2: up in a place called heaven. You know, it was obvious uh, Jack Hayford had a vision of Robin going into heaven. He didn't realize it was happening almost simultaneously. He said he had two clear visions we could actually see clearly in his entire ministry. But he watched her. And he said it was evident the closer you got to heaven as you were approaching the gates in the house, house of God, entering into that wonderful place, that there was recognition going on. Yes. That you could see people that you knew. And there has to be a joy in that. And, and i got to be honest with you. I do think we'll walk and talk with Jesus there. I think that we will talk to some of the Bible characters. Mm-hmm. I think we'll probably talk to people in history that we knew. And you know, one of the things I think will happen, I think I'm gonna see a lot of people that are gonna thank me for pointing them to Jesus. I do too. And that means the world to me, to know how many people would be there that they either heard me preach or I witnessed. And I pointed out there. Don't you think that might be one of the joys of heaven?
1: Oh, I think it is. And James and Betty, it's not just imagination, hoping that happens. In Luke 16, Jesus told a parable. And uh, the parable had to do about the steward who got fired from his job. And he used his present position to prepare for his future unemployment. And then Jesus said, in the same way, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous money, that when it fails you they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. What he was saying was, use your money right now to get people to heaven so that when you get there, they will welcome you. And you know, when you give to life today, when people give to life today, they are using money right now that they're going to leave behind one day. They're going to use it to ensure that there are men and women, boys and girls in heaven who will be there to greet them one day. You know, it's true. You can't take it with you but you can send it on ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And that's what you that's do, true. whether it's your investment of money or your gifts and preaching or whatever we do. And that's one of the paradoxes about heaven, you know, and life here on earth. Life on earth is very, very brief. Have you all come to that conclusion, how brief our time yeah. here on earth yeah. is? And the Bible says we need to be thinking about what we're doing now. As brief as life is here on earth, The paradox is how we spend this fleeting moment we have here on earth determines the kind of eternity we expand and that's why the wisest use of our lives is to spend it on something that will outlast it. And that's what I'm hoping my book, A Place Called Heaven, will do will motivate people to get involved with life outreach and life today and other ministries to use their resources, their time, their energies on doing those things that are going to outlast their lives here on earth.
2: Well, you know, when we talk about it, it's just really beautiful here to hold up these little shoes. <laughs> we talk about giving children shoes when they've never had any and keep them from having terrible infections and bacteria that it's in. they're actually giving people a glimpse of the glory of heaven because that's an expression of love yes. that meets a need. One of the things the Lord spoke to me recently just as I was praying and was thinking about the thought that if you give just a cup of water in my name, you won't lose your reward. And it was it was as though the Lord spoke, you know why that statement is so significant? <clears throat> well, of course, I know everything he says is significant, but why just a cup of water and you won't lose this reward? And you're talking about whatever those are in heaven or for eternity or even in life now. And the Lord said what it means when you give a cup of water, it means you noticed. Mm-hmm. When you notice something and you meet a need, You are doing what Jesus does when he came to meet needs, to minister, and he left us here to do it. If we notice something and we touch somebody, I believe that's laying up treasure in heaven. And I believe many of those people we touch with love are going to be in heaven. And like I said a moment ago, a lot of them are going to come and express gratitude. I think there are going to be people who support the outreaches and the missionaries that you've been talking about at Life who are going to meet people up there who know somehow in that spiritual reality Mm -hmm. of eternity that you're the one that made it possible. For me to be reached, and I think there's going to be great joy. Yes, you know, yeah. you you have a tremendous interest, Betty, and yeah, it, it really intensified with the loss of yeah, our daughter. Really another love, you know. I just
1: really, after Rob, I knew Robin was there. Yes. I thought I want to know all about the place mm-hmm. where our daughter is. Yes. Because as a mother, when my children were small, and they'd say, "Can I go here? Can I go there?" I said, and I found out where they were going to be, how long they were going to be there, and what the place was like that they were going to be, the people they were going to be around. That hasn't changed. My mother's heart is, I want to know all about the place that our daughter is. Mm -hmm. I I so look forward
3: to reading your book, because
1: I think it's good for us to realize that's our destination, but we need to be as close to God here on earth so that we can walk right. the journey that he has us to walk on so that more can be reached and they can go to that destination. Absolutely.
2: You've said it beautifully. <laughs> you have. I think that that was one of the things that really got me in the vision that ever had of Jack when he said as he looked past Robin and as far as he could see, he said he saw people walking and the hastening of their step as they approached. And boy, that evangelistic heart of mine just started pounding. I don't want anybody to miss it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know where you are you know, in your journey. Um, I don't want you to miss that. And God has such a love for you that he hung that love on a cross to take all of our sin and our guilt and our shame and laid all of that on His Son in order that we might be redeemed from the death that transgressions and sin brings and give us life, eternal life, in His presence. Where these things that break our heart and crush us are no more. And the other thing that's so beautiful you need to realize is is as you receive this life that He offers, then the Kingdom of Heaven In a great degree comes in now the reality of heaven and the person of heaven. And the one who gives us heaven lives in us so that people can see the power of that person in our lives and then spend eternity with him. I feel like, Doc, that if we would allow this reality of Jesus to be in us, I think more people would want to be certain they didn't miss it. That's right. They wouldn't see it as something to be dreaded. And I think what you've done in the place called heaven And the truth is you've been given a gift. And I want to say to you that, you know, we had Erwin McManus here talks about, have you taken your gift and really devoted yourself to it? I want to say, I'm watching you, and I'm pleased that you heard me when I was young and you much younger. And you listen to me preach. I have have a sense that you have an appreciation for our ministry. (laughs) But I want to say to you that I watch a man who has taken the gifts God's given him, and you have devoted yourself to developing what God gave you and to knowing his word and wanting to share it. And you've wanted to be an encourager even when it's tough and some might not understand. You've been willing to stand boldly. And for you to take the time and the effort, but you spent a lot of time studying, praying, preparing, and writing. I want to personally thank you for that devotion for the way you've invested you. in your gift and invested the gift in the lives of others. Would you say thanks to Dr. Thank Robert James? Thank you so James. much, James. Thank love. you very much. Uh, as well you. as to your church family. And I'm hoping everybody, I'm hoping everybody will get the book. And above all, listen, don't miss heaven. There's only one way to heaven. Right. There's only one way to the Father. It's Jesus. There aren't many ways, there's one way. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father or the Father's house without me. There's only one way. Father, I pray for every person watching who may not know you as the way, who may have even been distracted or hurt by some kind of religion or religious practice or religious people, but they haven't been hurt by Jesus. Father, today lift Jesus up before their eyes in such a way that they would invite Him into their lives. In Jesus' name. If you want someone to pray with you, you see the phone number there. You can call right now and someone to pray with you. Ask Jesus into your heart. I wrote a Bible study about knowing God as Father. It's a very simple story and teachings to help you grow. You want someone to pray with you. You don't want to miss heaven. You call right now and say, I want that. Uh, Dr. Jeffers, we are going to give our viewers an opportunity to do something very exciting. We're going to give them an opportunity for Christmas to give shoes and smiles for Christmas. <laughs> I think you're going to like what you're about to see. I want yeah. you to watch this closely.
3: Mm-hmm. 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 James and Betty, you came to China many years ago and you saw the need and your heart was touched. In fact, your hearts were broken. And uh, these little children here didn't have a home, didn't have nowhere to live. But uh, we have a missionary partner here now who takes these children in. They come from several different scenarios that would just break your heart, but these people bring them in. They have a home here for them. It's one of our life centers. And they have various needs. Um, And some of those kids that come, Uh, have that cleft lip, cleft palate need, and uh, the need for that surgery. And little Isaac here, he's been one of those that came here with that need, but uh, he's had the surgery now, and uh, he's one of the recipients of Christmas smiles, and we really thank God for that. And James, because of that vision God gave you that year, many children's lives have been changed forever. And God has been bringing children through this center year after year after year, just many of them coming through with various needs. And I'm always reminded uh, in Matthew 25 where Jesus says, as you do it to the least of these, you do it unto me. And just know that when we bring smiles, Christmas smiles to these little ones like Pippa, we know Jesus is smiling up above as his children are being loved on in a way that he would desire us to do. So thank you to everybody for being so generous so that these little ones can have life and have it more abundantly and just bring joy to their little hearts. God bless you.
2: You know, as Biddy and I watched those cuttings of the time in China, you tell it was many years ago. And we went there with a broken heart. Those were called the dying rooms. We were the only people ever allowed to go in the dying rooms with cameras. And the only reason they let us do that was because they trusted us. They knew we loved them. Those weren't actually dying rooms. In their meager means of approaching disease, they didn't know how to deal with the ones they couldn't diagnose. And so they would put those little children that were very sick away from the other children, trying to keep them alive. And we told them, we want to help you keep them alive. They weren't trying to be mean. They were trying to save lives. And one of the little girls you saw was Hope, the little girl with the kind of the communist jacket on. She was blind. We loved her and I prayed she'd get a home. She got one here. And boy, it was quite, a, quite an experience. She's now graduated from college and she's quite a, quite a leader and she brought her best friend over here because they went back and got her too. The stories are just endless. And, Betty, it's what love does. And, you know, when I go back and look at those scenes, and I realize that we would come home with the broken heart of the missionaries and the broken heart of people, and we'd say to you, let's, let's heal those hearts. And you know what you did? You put the arms of God around them. And right now, we're doing Christmas shoes and smiles, like we just showed you, a child that could smile that couldn't before. And Betty and I have just decided we always give at Each project, when you start, we, we give right up front everything we do with the missionaries. But we decided this week we're gonna give two more smiles, another $1,000 for two more smiles for Christmas. And we're gonna give another 50 pairs of shoes this week. And we need a lot of that in this last week now, because we wanna give the shoes to all these children all over the world. Thousands and thousands of little children have shoes. It's $36 to give 10 children shoes. Surely you can do that. Would there be any way you'd give 50 children shoes For Christmas by giving $180 if you can I believe you will and then the thousand dollars for the smiles it may be that some of you can even do more than that and say you know what I'm gonna help a lot of children because I want to see I'm smiling because I know what love does and so Betty and I are asking you right now this week go online you see the website call that number and you make the best gift you can take your bank card use it like a check that's how you should always use it or you can write a check and make it to life, but please call us and telling telling us you're mailing it because we need to know this week because we really do need a great boost of support to get all these shoes out. We have some beautiful Christmas shoes to send you. The one this year that we're sending for any gift is a crystal shoe. It's absolutely beautiful. I don't know how well the light reflects off this, but I'm telling you that is beautiful. And then we have the whole box of shoes That's seven of all of them that we've given over the years, one each year. And we'll send all of them to you if you'd just give 50 kids some shoes. Make that gift of $180. We're just sending this to you to bless you. You hang these little shoes up and you think about all the smiles and all the joy you've given to children all over the world. Go online or dial the number and you make the gift God put on your heart. Thank you so much for doing it. Remember, this is the last week right now and we really do need some special help. Thanks for giving it.
0: Poverty is a killer, and because of it, children needlessly suffer, not only from a lack of food and clean water, but also from a lack of things we take for granted, such as a healthy smile or a simple pair of shoes. Far too many children living in poverty have never owned a new pair of shoes, and while that may seem minor in light of all their needs, Walking with bare feet puts them at risk of life-threatening infections and disease that could lead to crippling consequences and even death. By responding today, you can help immediately secure and begin shipping Christmas shoes to 150,000 children around the world, just in time for the holidays. Your gift of $36 will help provide 10 pairs of shoes. A gift of $72 will help provide 20 pairs and a gift of $180 will help provide 50 pairs of Christmas shoes for children in need. With your gift of any amount, be sure to request this beautifully crafted crystal shoe ornament, a treasure to place on your tree each holiday season. With your gift of $180 or more, you may also request this keepsake boxed set of life's Christmas shoe ornaments. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000 or more to help provide over 275 pairs of shoes or two children with corrective cleft palate surgeries, and you may request our Determined Eagle bronze sculpture. This is the last week. Please call, write, or make your gift online today.
1: This is just one of millions of children all around the world in desperate need of a simple pair of shoes. I am so privileged to be a part of Life Outreach, who not only brings water for life, rescue for life, uh, food programs, but also shoes. Shoes to children who desperately need them to protect their little feet from cuts, from tears, from even waterborne illness that may get into the cut and affect it. Gosh, we could go on and on and on to the end result being that they could lose their very feet. Please, why don't you join me today Go to your phone or go online
0: and do whatever you
1: can to make a difference. Just one child at a time, one pair of shoes at a
0: time.
2: Well, Betty and I are joining to say thank you for the smiles. You're going to put on a lot of faces, I promise you. Not just the one that gets the surgery, but all their family and friends. And then the shoes, thank you for it. And by the way, I hope you'll go online or go to the bookstore. I mean, you may know someone that really needs this, and I think all of us need the insight. We certainly understand that fully. Uh, get it online or in the bookstores, but let me say this to you. You help us give some shoes and smiles, and you want Dr. Jeffers' book, you just ask for it. We'll be glad to send it to you, just to say thanks for sharing the love of God. Would you join us in thanks to Dr. Jeffress? He's gonna be, be back with you. He'll be here for another program. So don't miss this week, okay? Thanks, thank you, Doc. Right. Right. Thank, yes, sure. thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
3: It is a slippery slope. And the minute you open the
0: door to the demonic world, it is very difficult to close it. Responding to paranormal activity tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.